what's also so important about the subconscious mind is that in the subconscious mind is stored every memory of everything that's ever happened to us. So even though I can't remember something that happened, a specific thing when I was seven, if I'm in a relaxed state and that's a memory that holds healing for me, I can encourage it to kind of come to the front and then dissect it. Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dachis-Marmet. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Hello, and welcome to episode 76 of the Art of Living Well podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about our exciting Thrive During the Summer program. Um, We created this program so that we don't let our health take a back seat over the summer. Uh, The program starts June 7th and runs all the way through August 15th. And we heard from a lot of clients that they were hoping to have support and accountability throughout the summer. We want people to be able to enjoy themselves this summer as everybody's getting out more into the world and still feel good about yourself and be mindful. And we don't want to see that come fall, you know, you feel like you kind of fell off the wagon all summer. So we really hope you join us, thrive during the summer. You're going to feel great. You're going to have great accountability, great support. And we're so excited to be along on the journey with you. Sign up link is on the show notes and on all of our social media platforms. And now we are thrilled to bring you today's guest, Gina Seval. Gina has been helping people feel more in tune with their true nature and vitality since 2002. Currently, by using hypnosis, Gina guides clients to experience and learn from past lives so they can make the most of this current life. We're going to hear all about her work, and she also has her own podcast called Past Lives and the Divine. And this episode was just so fascinating. Um, I personally think past life regression is such an interesting topic, and I loved listening to Gina talk about it and hear about how we can use past life regression to make our lives better today. And with that, let's dive right into our conversation with Gina. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Appetite for Change. Appetite for Change is a nonprofit in North Minneapolis that uses food as a tool for health, wealth, and social change. This year, in light of COVID and the unrest in Minneapolis, Appetite for Change has continued to ground themselves in their mission and center their work around community connection and nourishing food. They launched a pilot program called Community Cooks Meal Boxes, which provides fresh produce and pantry items, plus two recipes for over 300 families at no cost to the family. The program has been such a success that it has been extended for another six weeks 
and will continue into 2021. AFC has utilized the kitchens of their two restaurants, Breaking Bread Cafe and Station 81, to produce over 200,000 meals that have been distributed across the Twin Cities to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need. In addition, they have seven farm plots across North Minneapolis that are tended to by community members and Appetite for Change youth learning how to grow a variety of plants. These fresh fruits and vegetables are distributed throughout the North Side. Even in 2021, Appetite for Change is committed to building a more equitable food system by delivering fresh and nourishing food to healthcare workers, seniors, and families in need, tending urban gardens and more. We have been collaborating with Appetite for Change over this past year, and we have loved their dedication to their mission, and we so look forward to volunteering with their organization and working with them more in 2021. To learn more about Appetite for Change, listen to episode 31 of our podcast with one of their founders, Michelle Horowitz. For more information or to donate, head on over to appetiteforchangemn.org backslash impact or on Instagram and Facebook at Appetite for Change. Hi, Gina. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. We are so excited to have you. We were connected to you through Ashley Sondergaard, and she was telling us all about the work you do in past life regressions and hypnosis. And Stephanie and I were both like, we must have her on our show. So we love meeting like-minded people and We love to hear how um, people use their own personal stories and turn it into their passions and their careers. And we'd really love to hear your story and how your personal journey with hypnosis and in the wellness space work, I think you used to do kind of brought you to where you are today in your past life regression work. For sure. Um, First, Ashley's one of my favorites. (laughs) she's so good at connecting people so thank you Ashley thanks for having me here um yeah so my story really I started in the sense of like I'm just someone who is always digging always looking for like what's the reason why this is happening and how can we stop it or what's the reason you know just digging a little bit deeper um, so when I, I spent 15 years as a wellness coach and consultant, um, working with individuals, I also worked with companies and it was always the same of digging into like, but what really gets someone to like be someone who not only exercises every day or eats healthy or whatever, um, but what gets them to want to do it and to enjoy doing it? Because that's what keeps us coming back. Anything as a punishment, we're going to be like. No. So all of this wellness work really led me further and further into my own mind because I was always on a wellness journey and mid twenties started to be like, you know, I've checked a lot of things off the list. I've got a house, I've got um, a college degree, I've got a job, I've got two dogs, I've got a backyard, you know? And it was like, I still didn't feel like as happy as I thought I would. And I've I've always been someone who battled a little bit of a depression, a lot of anxiety. So naturally, as I would learn about myself and what worked for me, I would share it with my clients. 
And pretty soon I started to get freaky enough where I was like, I think I need hypnosis for this stuff. Cause I was having reoccurring nightmares and a lot of anxiety and just stuff between um, me and my partner uh, where I was like, I don't know why I have these feelings but they're getting in the way and I don't want them. Logically, I can see why I don't want this. So I personally started going to a hypnotist and we were doing a lot of work like childhood stuff, even in utero stuff, nightmare stuff, all things from this life of mine. And then um, naturally, as I started seeing benefits, I started being like all of my wellness coaching clients. I'd be like, this is bigger than us. You need to go see this person for hypnosis. <laughs> this is what you're going to do. And um, at the same time, digging into it, there's just a lot of like grossness, especially when it comes to like understanding people's health and how we value that or harass people when they're not healthy enough. And being a workplace wellness consultant, I got to see a lot more of the behind the scenes. Unfortunately, like the bigger contracts you get, a lot of times you have to talk to people like higher up on the corporate ladder. And oftentimes, I felt like while there were people in that organization who had a good heart, there was a lot of gross reasons why people were doing it and just like policing. And, and so that's a really long story. It took like five years of unfolding for me to be like, wellness is great. This is not for me. This isn't how I do things anymore. And just the way I wanted to work with people, the wellness was kind of getting in the way where I was like, I know, but like there's stuff under that that's preventing you, beliefs, fears, whatever. Hmm. Um, so, uh, a number of things happened, but I just, I decided to just kind of like burn it down and take a year off. I had savings and I was like, my partner is super supportive. And I'm like, I just got to figure out like something that really lights me up like wellness used to, or helping people, coaching people through that. And the only thing I could think of was hypnosis and like past life regression specifically, because through my journey, I eventually uh, worked with a different uh, hypnotherapist because I was like, I feel like there's things that are deeper than this life. I couldn't explain it. It was just like an urge. So when I took that year off halfway through that year, I was finally like, okay, this hypnosis thing isn't going away. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And I went through the first training and I was just like, this is for me. This is even a better fit for me than I thought it was. And I could see like all the different ways I could work with it. And it's my favorite thing to talk about. So it's like, I feel so blessed that it's my job. <laughs> yeah, that's my journey. <laughs> I, I love hearing this. And I've heard a little bit of it before on, you know, the podcasts and things. Um, and I think Marnie and I are both, you know, health coaches. And we all like to peel back the layers. Because like you yeah. said, you, you have to, there's always reasons why someone maybe isn't doing what they quote should be doing or, totally. you know, to, or just struggles and challenges with trying to meet some of the, their goals. And so I think these really go hand in hand. Like I'm fascinated by this and I can't wait to dive more um, into this conversation. Can you, for our listeners, can you just break it down? Like what is past life regression? Like maybe people know what hypnosis is and maybe the differences between the two. Okay. So with hypnosis, Basically, I'll start with the hypnosis part of it because that's the foundation of it. So with hypnosis, what we're doing is we're getting our brains intentionally in an extremely relaxed state. And in that relaxed state, it's the brainwave state. I can never remember the names, but it's the brainwave state right before we drift off to sleep. 
And it's in that space that the thought is, is that the subconscious mind is more towards the surface or the idea that when we make a change in our subconscious mind, whether it's smoking cessation or weight release or something as deep as like past life regression or even deeper life between lives therapy, when we're in that relaxed state, it's easier for our conscious mind to kind of like, instead of being in the driver's seat, it kind of gets in the back seat. And then the subconscious mind is like, here's the information you need. And when we plant like positive affirmations and things like that in our subconscious mind, it literally changes our programming. Uh, what's difficult about being someone in the business of hypnosis is that if we had a session and you wanted to get over your road rage, for example, no one comes for road rage, but everyone <laughs> can identify with road rage. You would come, we'd have a session, you'd have an experience depending on whatever. But the changes that happen when we make a change in the subconscious mind are so subtle and can feel effortless that we don't even know it's happened. So a lot of times when a client has a session with me, I'll email them like a month later just to be like, hey, just checking in, just seeing how you're doing. Because these changes are so subtle that if we don't pause and check in and kind of like look and reflect back, we don't often see these changes. Because when we change, we're used to doing it on the conscious level. And it's that conscious level that requires grind and effort and discipline and getting over your excuses, where the subconscious mind is really just like, okay, this is how we operate now. Uh, so that's the benefit of hypnosis is we make these changes on a little bit deeper level. And then uh, there's, can I ask you a quick question yeah. about that before you get into the next thing? Just, yeah. so, I mean, it sounds a lot like meditation to me. Yeah. Hypnosis, the way you're describing it. Cause I feel like when I meditate, you know, I, I put my brain in that very relaxed state. And sometimes I think my subconscious mind probably does take over and I'm wondering, how is that different from meditation? Okay, Marnie, I'm so glad you asked that question. Because the thing is, is like, we don't need a hypnotherapist or a hypnotist to put us into trance. That's actually very misleading. I'm, as a hypnotist, creating an environment for you to completely relax. And really, we go in and out of that deep trance state throughout the day. Uh, we feel it when we wake up in the morning, we feel it when we're drifting off to sleep and we'll even feel it like if we're meditating or if we're like, we've all driven somewhere, gotten there and be like, gosh, I don't really remember driving here. Like I was thinking about something, you know, we're alert yes. or, or open. That's a trance state where we're just kind of like sunk into this little bit more relaxed state. And it's really like an altered mind state. And we can get there in meditation. We can get there on their own. I feel like I can get there at this point in my life by going on a walk with my dogs. Like I can get into a trance mode and take a question and like see what comes through my intuition and through the channel. Uh, so, okay, so that is true. You probably are touching into that. And that's another reason why meditation is so powerful because when we touch into that, that deep relaxation or subconscious mind, that's when we can oftentimes make a better connection with our intuition. And everyone seems like has a different 
example of what intuition is, but I think of it as in terms of like really opening the antenna, right? Intuition is like opening so information can come in. And then it's about trusting the information, acknowledging the information and doing whatever you feel like you need to do with that information. What's also so important about the subconscious mind is that in the subconscious mind is stored every memory of everything that's ever happened to us. So even though I can't remember something that happened, a specific thing when I was seven, if I'm in a relaxed state and that's a memory that holds healing for me, I can encourage it to kind of come to the front and then dissect it. If you're someone who's as freaky as me and you believe in past lives or other lives, then the same is true. Everything that's ever happened to me in every past life, every life in between those past lives is stored in my subconscious mind. So in terms of past life regression, it's about getting the client to relax so deep, trust the process so that when I start asking them questions about the past life scenes that we've found ourselves in, they're able to understand and get that information. And then I help them like trust it. Most people are like, I feel like I'm making it up because the trance state is something that we're actually pretty familiar with. So when people, when clients come out of a session, something that I always ask is like, was it different than you thought it would be? And a lot of them are like, yeah, I was way more aware. My senses were aware of like the experience in my mind, whatever memories were bringing up, whatever story is unfolding, but they were like, I'm also very present sitting in this chair or laying on my bed or however they do it. And it's, it's simply because we have more access to that stuff than we are taught to believe. And um, hypnosis is a great way to dig in and dive in there. So that's kind of like the logistics around why hypnosis, past lives, that sort of thing. So I could go on. Do you want me to go on yeah. further about like the past lives or what questions do you have? Yeah. I mean, yes, I I do want you to. So I have to tell you this funny story. So, you know, Ashley kind of introduced this concept to us when I don't remember if it was when she came on our show or we went on her show, but at some point, and I was so fascinated that I brought the conversation home to our dinner table. I have three children um, and my 17 year old daughter was so fascinated by it that she then got together with a girlfriend and they found some past life regression recording on the internet and like did it and then like wrote down everything they could remember from it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Like I think the mother called me and was like, what is up with this? And I was like, well, actually I know where they got the idea. But isn't that like when we used to use a Ouija board? Right. (laughs) Yes, totally. Totally. So anyway, I, can you like, you know, she was telling me this whole story around what she experienced. And I was thinking in my head, okay, that sounds so far-fetched. Like, is she making this up? Is it real? Can we talk more about that? Like what that looks and feels like to somebody going through this experience? Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why I started my podcast was because people, when I started doing this work, even my friends were like, I get past lives. I don't understand how this could help me today. Right. Um, Or I feel like I'm making it up. And I personally have had probably close to 50 past life regressions, like me as the client in the chair. So it took me many, many sessions before I could like, go into it and not 
kind of my conscious mind being like, you're making this up. You're making this up. Now I'm at a point where I can be like, quiet down. Uh, last summer I had a past life. Well, I don't think it was a past life, but uh, I was on a different planet. And like Gina's conscious brain was just like, I'm sorry, what is going on? Is this real? And my friend who leads the set, who was leading the session for me, had to keep reminding me like, you don't have to attach anything to this. Just observe what comes into your mind, you know? And that's really the, um, the role of the facilitator is to create a space where we feel really comfortable, totally relaxing and I mean, really getting super weird. <laughs> and I, so when the client is in the chair, um, when you had said like, how do people see it or how do they experience it? When people talk about past life regressions, intuition, a lot of times they'll use the word see, which I think is incredibly uh, misleading. I mean, if that's how you see it, that's good. But a lot of people are not visual. Uh, I myself am not visual. So when I'm in a trance state experiencing past life scenes, I'm getting this information because the hypnotist will ask me a question, something really simple, like in this scene, are you inside or outside? And I just have to be quiet and almost be like, I feel like I'm outside. And the moment I engage with any detail that comes in, I get more. And it's like, as soon as I say, okay, I think I'm outside, then it's like, okay, there's trees around me. I know that. I know there's water over there. I'm waiting for someone. Okay. Why am I waiting for someone? So the information comes in, it can come in as a physical sensation. It can come in as a vivid picture in our mind's eye. It can come in as um, just like a knowing, a sensing, like, I don't know. I just know that I'm 35 in this scene. And my job is really to create that safe container and keep the client relaxed and open because it's in these past life scenes when we're in hypnosis that we're really just observing. That's it. We're not analyzing. We're not connecting dots. We're not trying to, why am I seeing this? We're just observing the story. And something that I think makes me really good at it is that I love asking questions and getting underneath why people are doing something. So in a scene, if someone's just sitting in a chair looking out a window, then my question is, what are you thinking about? How are you feeling sitting here? Because I can be sitting in a chair looking out the window and feel totally at peace and calm. Also, I can be sitting in a chair looking out the window feeling distraught, major grief, and it's like, it's in that, that's the important thing. So I help people go a little bit deeper and get a little bit more out of that. And then when we come out of those past life scenes, that's when we ask our spirit guides and the enlightened beings around us. It's like, why did this client see this past life? I always ask that question. Why did this client see this past life? And the answers that we always get are like, I always have to ask that question because as the facilitator of these sessions, I only know what the client is telling me and they're experiencing so much more probably than what they're telling me. And so when I ask the question, why was this client shown this past life? Their spirit guides will come through, give them an answer. And so instead of analyzing a past life scene, they're giving me answers to this question and it's coming from their spirit guides and it'll, or their higher self. And, it, and they'll say like, Oh, we saw this past life because of A, B, and C. And it's always like a reason I would have never picked out or, or if it is a reason I would have picked out, there's like two more reasons I wouldn't have picked out. 
it's just such a cool experience. And it's just always a reminder of like how divinely guided these sessions are. And the client's going to get what they need in that session and what they, um, what they need in that session, not always what they want. But oftentimes if we want something, but we need something before we can get that thing we want, that's what you're going to get. Um, okay. yeah. So you're, you're, you're starting to talk a little bit about like how you use the past life regression to make your life better, right? Yes. So why do people come to, why, why do people come to see you and how can you make their life better? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the way I explain it in like a catchy one sentence is like helping people experience past life scenes to help them feel better in their life today. So, um, Mm. for example, I, one of my first episode two of my podcast is my very first past life regression. So I kind of deep dive into it. Like what were my intentions, my questions, why did I do this? But for me, um, really, I went into that session thinking that I had a fear of commitment. Uh, My partner, I'm married to a man named Alex and I wanted to be married to him. I couldn't explain it. I never was someone who was like wanting to get married. I wasn't like against it, but um, I just felt this drive within me when we connected. But it was like, if we were going to like legally attach each other to each other. I wanted to make it special, but like, even the thought of making it special was just like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) This is too much. And so one day Alex was like, look, I, you're my life partner. I don't care if we're married or not, but I, we're really good at kind of like calling each other's bullshit compassionately. And he was just like this, I see this as like a block that you need to get past. I don't care if we're married, but this is something that I feel like you should look into. And that's what made me go into that past life regression. And in through those past life scenes, I saw that it wasn't a fear of commitment. It was a fear of failure. Like if I make this declaration and fuck up, like I just can't do it again. Cause I already, I, I saw a past life where I like was amazing, happy in love. And I just, you know how we can drop the ball in a relationship, take shit for granted, feel way too much resentment over something stupid, you know, all of these things. And I came out of that being like, oh, that's what I'm dealing with. Okay. I can deal with that. Like, I, I know that I'm like consciously, my conscious mind was like, oh, that's what that is. Oh yeah. We don't, you're fine. Like, here's what action I can take to prevent it. That's a nice little reminder to not live a life like that again. And it's really a way to like walk in someone else's shoes to get a different perspective on your own life. And sometimes just that perspective shift can change you, like change you forever. Like I was able to um, marry Alex and things that would pop up like that would cause resentment in me that were familiar in that past life that I experienced was like it was really easy for me to see it rise up and then go oh I know what that is that's not my life anymore and then it's like it would just go away on the exhale naturally because I made that change in my subconscious mind it's like we can't change things that we don't understand or we can't change things where we don't even know what we need to be changing but past life regression can give us a space to be like, okay, what is, what is this thing I'm dealing with? Or how can I get over this 
friction between me and this other person or me in this kind of situation in life or my own anxiety. And we can be plunked into a past life that I've never had a client come out of a past life regression and go, that was fake. I made it all up. Everyone's always like, I thought I was making it up, but now that I'm like awake and out of trance, there's no way I could have made up that story because the stories are always layered and nuanced. And like, you're in that bot. You're not just watching the scene, like you're feeling the emotions. And because you're in a trance, our, our senses are actually heightened in that hypnotic trance state. So we feel these feelings even more. Uh, and then with that, sometimes people will get like, if they had an injury in a past life, or if they made a vow or a contract or were killed in a certain way, we can actually hold those energetics and emotions in our body. And um, I, a lot of times we'll have a client do a body scan at the end of a past life um, regression before we come out of trance to be like, are there any blocks, any residues from that past life that we can energetically let go of? And then I coach them on how to let go of it, which I don't mean to be vague there, but it's really just like an intuitive thing that happens. And it's just like all about visualization. And it can literally be as crude as I had a mom of a toddler and she was like, I'm going to reach in there with my Wreck-It Ralph hands and pull that out. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know who that is, but let's do it. <laughs> so it's, it's very fun and creative and every session is similar and every session is totally unique and different. And it is so entertaining. Okay. I have oh. two questions. Yeah. I have so many questions, but a lot of yes. um, my first question is backing up. You mentioned this a little ways back about spirit guides. And yeah. I don't think everybody knows what that means. I don't exactly know what you're saying even. I have an idea in my head of what that might be, but can you talk about what that is um, a little bit? And and then I can go to my next question. I think Stephanie okay. has questions too. I have a bunch. <laughs> um, spirit guides is such an interesting space. I am someone who I am a natural observer. I love hearing what other people think. When I hear what someone thinks, I don't necessarily think I need to change the way I think. I don't know. So when I hear people describe spirit guides, everyone describes them a little bit differently. And sometimes people prefer the word angel. Sometimes people prefer the word ancestors. I actually did a podcast episode on spirit guides because there's so much. Like I have an experience with my own spirit guides. I've witnessed many, many, many clients contact their spirit guides. And what I can say is uh, my friend, Sarah Leverett, who her company is Intuitive Empowerment, talks about like a spirit team, which I think is just a little bit better word seems a little bit more approachable. And she's like, on my spirit team are my angels, my ancestors. And I think she like family members who have passed away. I believe some of my spirit guides are the pets that I've lived with over time. I think of spirit guides as really just enlightened, loving, compassionate beings with my highest and greatest good in mind, helping me on the other side. I so, love that. Yeah. Yes. You so do I. whatever you want. I call it spirit guides just because it's kind of like a catch-all term. I throw a lot of stuff in that term, but it's really just kind of like our spirit team on the other side that most of us can't ever see, but we can all feel them. We can all experience them in, in ways that might be unique to us. But that's one of the things I like about hypnosis is it helps us kind of like open up that ability to 
to connect with the other side and see how that connection comes through for me personally, because it is a little different for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's super interesting. And I, I think, you know, when I hear the word angel, I have trouble getting my mind around that word personally, but when I hear guide or, you know, ancestors, like, or my dogs that have passed away, like I can really wrap my arms around that. And I love that idea. Go um, and so one more question I have, and then I think Stephanie has some questions too, but I'm wondering, does this work, work on everyone? Or do you have to have a certain amount of like open-mindedness and, um, I don't know. I like, I'm picturing my husband who's very like, you know, cut and dry when you're dead, you're dead. He's a doctor, doesn't necessarily believe in the spiritual world world at all. Would, would something like this work on someone that maybe isn't as open-minded about these possibilities? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So here's what it is. It's like hypnosis. I think I mentioned this before where it's like, we think of it as like, Gina is hypnotizing me. And it's like, really, I'm creating an environment for you to move into that state. So Uh if you don't want to go into that state, you aren't going to go into that state. If you, the amount of people who I've talked to, like friends or acquaintances who will be like, oh, what do you do for a living? You know, if it's, say, I'm getting a facial or something, and it's like, you're small talking with someone for like an hour, right? Um, A lot of times they will be like, um, oh, that seems so, you know, like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. And it's like, at the end of the day, all you have to do, it's not that you have to be psychic. You don't even have to think of yourself as intuitive. Those things are all just like our ability to sing. Like I can sing. I could go someone to help me sing better. I'm never going to sing like Beyonce or, you know, Whitney Houston, but I have the ability. It's unique to me. And the same is true with intuition. So in order to experience a past life, all you have to do is be open and willing to get weird for an hour or two. And so the, it's interesting that I be open and acknowledge what comes in. So a lot of times people will be like, oh yeah, I did that once. It didn't really work. And then I will ask them, like if I'm getting a facial or something, I'll ask them, oh, what happened? Like what happened in the session? They'll be like, well, um, I was kind of like, seemed like I was standing on a grassy hill, but it was like, why am I here? And then I saw someone else. I felt like I was waiting for someone. And then, and it's like, oh, okay. So you saw something, saw, you experienced something and you're denying it. Like there's nothing I can do that would help someone get over that. Like, I I can't change your mind. Like only you can change your mind and I can create the environment to do so. But if you're not going to do it, I can't, you know, I refer to myself as like a spirit guide or a tour guide. Like I'm driving the car, but if you don't want to look out the window and tell me what you're seeing, there's nothing I can do. Like, yeah. I think that's so true of like any coach. I mean, if you think about yes, even like a personal trainer, I mean, you can be so amazing at your skill and help thousands of clients or people get well or achieve their goals. But if you're not in the right space mentally and you're not ready and willing and able to think outside your four walls or just 
experience something new and different, then it's not going to work for you. You know, if you want change, you have to, or if you want to dive deep into your past life, you have to be willing and able to, you know, get there with your guidance. Mm -hmm. And now we will take a quick break from this episode to hear a word from our sponsor. Have you been thinking about a new home build, remodel, or even rework of a smaller space in your home? We have all spent more time in our homes over the past year, and many people are trying to recreate spaces in their homes to bring more joy and functionality to fit their lifestyles. It can be really hard to know where to turn, but Sarah and Marcy, co-founders of Chisel Architecture, are the experts that will help you gain clarity and confidence around your project. One of the unique aspects of Chisel Architecture that sets them apart from others is their trademark design approach called Pattern of Life. This approach is a game changer for homeowners and how they experience the design process. Marcy and Sarah really listen to you to fully understand your needs and advocate for you during both the design and implementation process. When you think about your home environment and how it supports you, Chisel Architecture believes your overall well-being should be in the mix. Sarah and Marcy want you to live well in your home. Because they are so passionate on their design approach, they have a special offer for our listeners. Book a two-hour consultation and receive $50 off. Simply email them at hello at chiselarc.com. That's at H-E-L-L-O at C-H-I-S-E-L-A-R-C-H.com and mention the Art of Living Well podcast to receive your $50 off. Consultations must be booked by June 30th to take advantage of this offer. Yeah. So how many sessions would a person need potentially? And I know that's like a loaded question and there's certainly no um, no average or anything like that, but like I'm super fascinated by this because I talk about my past lives with my kids all the time. I mean, Marnie's heard me. Yeah, I'll say like, I know I must've um, lived in the depression or somewhere where food was scarce because I have a thing about food and waste. Like really it's kind of becoming an issue which is why I probably need to come see you. But so how many sessions would you expect and how long do they last? I think when Ashley was telling us they're pretty lengthy. Yeah, so the session, the first time past life regression with me, I have people scheduled two and a half hours. It's pretty rare that we go over two hours Uh, But I like to build in that extra time because I'd rather have a client get out, you know, at 90 minutes into the session and be like, hey, I I got everything I could and I'm out early, especially with hypnosis. I like people to be able to kind of like have time to process. So I also encourage them to like have an easier day if if they have the session in the morning or the afternoon, like kind of take the rest of the day off if you can, or at least engage in activities where if you're still processing, it's, it's not like getting in the way. Um, how many sessions do people need? I, I'm glad you asked that question. Of course, it's a loaded question. Everybody's different, but it's a common question. And the way I coach people through that is like, first of all, I use hypnosis when it's like, I can logically get why this person shouldn't make me feel crazy but I don't feel it in my heart. (laughs) Like the range when this person's name comes up or, you know what I mean? Like, or the anxiety Mm -hmm. I feel in this situation, like logically I can see why. So for me, that's my own personal, Hey Gina, go to hypnosis. It's like being able to connect those two. 
um, and it's a similar be, be as like, oh, exercise is great. I want to feel good. I like exercising. Okay, why haven't you exercised in two years? Like, what is the disconnect? Like, logically, you get it. But like, we live from our heart, our beliefs, our fears, all of it. Like, that's really what's making the decisions. Um, okay, so, so your question, how many sessions do you need? I think you need more sessions, the more tangled it is. And we often don't know how tangled the issue is until we actually get in there. Most people have one session with me. Now I've been doing this work for not quite three years. So I, or actually closer to like two and a half years. I've had a handful of people come from two, come for like two, three, four sessions. And that is helpful if you're like me, where I feel like talk therapy for me at this point in my life for a lot of the things that I'm going to hypnosis for just wouldn't work. That's my own. I think talk therapy is great. It's really about getting in there and seeing where that issue comes from. So Stephanie, when you were talking about like food waste, food scarcity, that could be something where you go and you see a past life that has put that fear or belief in you. And sometimes just seeing why it's there is enough to like, let it go. And you might come out of that, when you come out of that session, you will feel relaxed because hypnosis is very relaxing. That's how we get this, the conscious mind to kind of move to the side. But you might notice like either immediately those fears are gone or the irrational part of those fears are gone. Not all fears are bad. Not all stress is bad. But like when it's irrational or we're ruminating or like tail spinning, that's when we want to like kind of stop it, right? This is, this is not enhancing my life. So you might just feel that immediately after the session and it's not a thing for you anymore. You might feel it, but it's less. And then it might dissipate. Um, changes from hypnosis, changes like integrating information, healing, insights, wisdom from a hypnosis session can be immediate or they can take up to like three, four weeks to totally integrate into your body. Um, so I always encourage people like, if you wanna come back for a session, I would love to have you back. If you want to come back next week, this is your free will, you can do it. But I encourage people to like wait a month or more, let the dust settle, put something on their calendar. If they're feeling really passionate to like, look at your session notes, maybe listen to the audio recording. I send everybody notes in an audio recording and see like, what were the changes that came about from that session? Because it's always easier to look in hindsight, especially when it comes to those subconscious changes that are so subtle but really, really impactful. Um, and then that way they can kind of just take it like on a case by case basis, because it will change. Like I have had sessions about, for example, my relationship with my mom. And it's like understanding the dynamic there, the dynamic that feels frustrating at times or hurtful at times. And every time I've seen her in a past life, my relationship with her changes, how I see her changes. I have more compassion for, and it's not just her, it's like any situation. It's like, if we can have more compassion for ourselves or other people, like that alone releases a lot of resentment, anxiety, frustration, it's huge. So do you ever have people that come to see you for the curiosity slash entertainment factor? Like maybe they're not coming because they have a specific issue they want to resolve, or maybe they do have an issue, but they don't know what it is. They just know there's an issue somewhere in their body that they're holding or whatever. Um, and if so, 
are you still able to do this work if they're open? Totally. Um, that's one of the things I always say in my podcast is like, whether you're here for healing or entertainment, the thought is, is that um, even just hearing someone else's past life story can be healing for us. And I've experienced that before I was doing this work, when I was just interested in this work, I would read books about past life regression. And it's, you wouldn't think so, but it's pretty easy to like identify yourself in someone else's story mm-hmm. and have it um, like reflect back. I'm sorry, Marnie, what was your question? I took myself on a tangent there. No, I was just asking if a person needs to come to you with a specific issue or if they can just come because they're curious and yes. they're open. Totally. So when someone comes, whether they are just totally there for curiosity or entertainment, or they feel like they've maybe got one too many issues and they don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. I always say, just do a really general intention statement. So when the client and I come together for the session, we do an intention statement for the session. And it's really because I don't know a lot about my client. I know enough, whatever I need to know for the session. But the intention statement is really kind of like my roadmap, like what do they want most? And so it's my job to facilitate questions and get them to like whatever the intention is, right? So if the intention is super specific, like, oh, I'm dealing with this relationship or super broad, just like, just show me an experience that will help me feel better in my daily life. Like that's one that I use a lot with clients who are like, oh, I've got a few ideas. Yeah. So the intention statement can be totally wide open. It can be super, super focused. It's really, again, just that client has to feel safe so they can completely relax and be totally open to the experience. This is, this is so fascinating. I think that there's so many people out there that, you know, expect, especially they're experiencing negative emotions and that you could really help them kind of guide through those negative emotions and the negative self-talk because that's what's sabotaging them from moving forward in their life with in in many areas, you know, not just, not just health and wellness, but relationships and everything. Right. So I know you have the podcast, which I love for you to talk about so that people can get to know you better. Um, But we love leaving our listeners with just some practical tips that they can implement immediately into their life, which I mean, this is kind of... (laughs) Um, tricky maybe to do, but what are some things that people can do to get their minds around this idea or even start trying it out on their own just to kind of get, you know, like we talked about into that relaxed state? Yeah. So uh, I'll take it from like one end of the spectrum to the other. So if you're interested and you're like, I'm ready to take a past life journey, but I don't want to schedule it. I want to do it tonight. <laughs> you can go to my website, which is pastlifesandthedivine.com. And there's a banner up top and it's like, get your free at home past life journey. So you can click on that. It's has how to set up your space, the audio, the audio, I think is around 45 minutes or something like that. Uh, and you can just do it on your own. And I want people to know that like, hypnosis, past life regression, it's really in the same vein as quote intuition, whatever that means to you. And intuition is something that it's really closely tied to our imagination. And so something that people could work on if they wanted to was really paying attention to any imaginative things, intuitive hits that they get. The more we acknowledge them, the more we act on them, the more we trust them, the more we even verbalize like spirit guides, I want more guidance around X. Um, Just the more you can engage with it, 
I know I felt silly at first, just do it, do it alone, do it, you know, on a walk. You can, the more you engage with it, the better it gets because you're understanding that communication part of your body and brain is how does intuition come into me? So that past life journey at home, you can do it every day if you want. You can do it just when the feeling hits you, but the more often you do it, the easier it is to get there and understand what's going on and gain insights and wisdom. If you do that and you want more, want more customized, want more structured, you can of course come to me for a session. But then there's also my podcast, which is called Past Lives in the Divine. And I'll call out episode three is anatomy of a past life regression. And I break down exactly what happens in a session. Uh, so that's a good one. And then there's um, Spirit Guides 101. I think I, I don't remember the number, but it was like released in March, I think of 2020, somewhere around there. But that's another good one. And then uh, just scroll through the titles, whatever one jumps out at you. And we'll link all of this up in the show notes. Cool. So, so if somebody were to go and do your free at home past life regression, would you recommend that they keep like a notebook next to them? And when they kind of come out of it, they write things down or you yeah. know, how do they process? Yeah. Or do you talk about that in the actual free offer? Yeah, I mean, so, yes. <laughs> not offer <laughs> regression. Well, I guess it is an offering, but, um, Yes, I do talk about that. I talk about like how to set up your space, frequently ask questions, things to do to kind of prepare. And that's one of them that I encourage people to do is to like write down your journeys. Every past life regression that I've done, I have at least the notes, sometimes the audio recording, if I was good to save it. I just, I love going back and learning and looking at that stuff. And again, because these changes are so subtle and they feel more easy and automatic, it's, believe it or not, harder to notice the changes. Uh, so it's a really good way to kind of like keep your own like past life journal or hypnosis journal or intuition journal. And you can write uh, your experiences, how you connected the dots, that sort of thing. And you can come back to it or just use it as processing in that moment for sure. Awesome. awesome. Well, I, I, I told you earlier before we started recording that I was doing it the other night and I did fall asleep. So I think I'll make a recommendation if anyone's going to go do that. Don't plan to do it like late in the evening in bed, lying down because <laughs> it's so relaxing. And the, honestly, like that you said, the first 20 minutes are almost it was very similar experience to meditations that I did. Yes. And so it was wonderful before bed and I got a great night's sleep, but I didn't get the full experience. So yeah, that's something, that out there. Stephanie, that I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people will fall asleep during hypnosis, not when they're working with someone, but when they're like doing it at home. So if it's a directive script, like I have hypnotic tracks in my shop where it's like hypnosis for increased divine connection. And it's just me putting hypnotic suggestions in your subconscious mind that you can fall asleep to and your subconscious mind is still getting those messages. But when it's a little uh, less directive, like a past life regression, where I'm asking you questions, prompting you to think about things in that past life scene, for sure, you could use it before bed and go to sleep. That's yeah. totally fine. But if you find yourself falling asleep and you want to stay awake, a couple things is like change your position, change the time of day and do it maybe when you're not so sleepy. So if you know you're coming off like a week of bad sleep, you could try it, but know that you might fall asleep. 
in hypnosis, anytime we're in that deep state, our body is just so intuitive and takes what it needs. And most of us are sleep deprived. So it'll snatch that sleep up if it's at all available. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, those are very good suggestions. <laughs> so, yes. um, Gina, as we wrap up this conversation, which has been so interesting, I have so many more questions in my mind for you, but, um, I know we're running out of time here. So one question we like to ask all our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you? Oh, I, I, I do really like this question. Um, one of the things that pops in my mind when you say that is really, I don't know if it's just my nature again, but for me personally, it's about striking a balance within my own mind between things that I really need to take seriously and things that I just need to let go of. And, and as simple as that sounds, I can apply it to so many different things, right? Like um, when I was first starting out on my journey of taking care of myself and getting to know myself, I had to let go of and like play block and tackle with a lot of judgments, self-judgments, self-critiquing. I used to have so much negative self-talk. And so it's really just about like kind of striking this balance between like I am a good person and I am compassionate. Not everyone's going to like me. So it's like, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird little thing in my mind, but having that, taking care of myself, being mindful, letting go of the shit that pulls me off a track is, is really, really at the heart of it. And it, and it's something that I feel and I'm better at feeling now than I was years ago. So it's as simple as like, Hey, want to do a podcast interview? And it's like, yes, that sounds actually good. Or sometimes I get pitched and I'm like, no, that's not really my thing. I mean, do your thing. That's great. That's not my thing. And it just gets easier every time I check in and like have faith in myself and really nurture myself through it um, helps me just feel better in my life. I love that. I love that answer. We love this question. I but, do too. Um, I- <laughs> I just think I love how you said, like, just kind of releasing the guilt in your inner shit talking, like, because yeah. so many of us are spending lots of time in our head and wasted energy. You know, we all say we're so busy, but yeah. I think if we can strike that balance, if you will, then I just think the energy will flow and it'll be more positive and you'll have the time to do the things that you want to do. I, I, I'm saying this from personal experience because yeah. I think we can all get into our head. Um, oh, I completely agree. Like the amount, and I'm sure you see it with your clients. It's like the amount of self-destruction or like weaponizing opportunities against ourselves. Like, well, I should have done that or, should yes. have done that, you know, and it's like, you got to let that go. I mean, yeah, sometimes you have to hold yourself accountable, but more often than not, at least for my personal case is like, I was being too hard on myself. Absolutely. We're our own toughest, worst critic, right? <laughs> of ourselves. Well, Gina, this conversation has been amazing. So fascinating. It's given me so much to think about. I'm excited to dive in and give it a try because I still haven't yet. Um, So thank you so much. Oh, yes. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You'll be hearing from me soon, Gina. (laughs) Probably me too. (laughs) No pressure. Timing works out as it should. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Have Have a a great day. day. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. 
you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at the Art of Living underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well. Thank you.